The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So good morning, everyone. It's nice to be here. Gil is on retreat, and Andrea just came back from teaching a retreat in Oregon. And she called me late last night saying, I'm sick. I'm supposed to give the talk tomorrow. <laughs> Will you give the talk? So, uh, so here I am. If you expected Andrea, I'm clearly not her. <laughs> so, um, so the talk that I want to give, um, I want to title it, To Bite or Not to Pite, The Place Where We Get Hooked. And um, it's a little bit about cultivating this quality of attention, wise attention. And um, that can sound sort of fancy, but when, when we're in our day-to-day experience as well as when we're sitting in meditation, uh, the quality of attention that we bring to our experience uh, can make an uh, you know, a world of difference in terms of uh, um, the impact our experience has on us. Let's say it that way. So, um, I want to begin by saying that uh, when we slow down, we begin to, and, and, and notice, we begin to recognize that um, Things are never just one way or another. It's never black or white, this or that. We're always a mixture of things. So one moment you might feel, uh, say, you're, I just tried it while we were meditating. And just one moment, everything is feeling one way, and boom, and the next moment, a thought comes and a feeling arises and an emotion arises and uh, then we're off to the races. So we notice that um, we can be uh, gentle and filled with loving kindness on the one hand and on the other hand we're, we have a shadow side. We can be aggressive and combative and irritable and those things coexist within us. Sometimes we're tender and open-hearted, and sometimes we're hard-hearted and cold and insensitive. And um, we try to be, you know, nice, I suppose. I try to be nice, but um, it, it's the truth is that sometimes I, I'm not. Um, sometimes I'm petty and vindictive, and at other times I'm, I'm willing to be generous and forgiving. And, um, and so it's not so easy to, to be with what we don't like to be with. To, to, to be with what we don't like to be with makes us uncomfortable. So <clears throat> it becomes clear that, that um, uh, we're not just fixed, static, predictable identities. Um, we're not always the same. What does that mean? That means that we're human. So we can 
take a breath and relax because we're all in this together. So <clears throat> we recognize that we're not just one thing, we're not static, and um, our life energy isn't static either. Uh, one, one moment we like something or, or we like someone and the next moment things change. We don't like that person anymore or we don't like what we, we thought we liked. So we're happy and sad, comfortable. We're never just comfortable or sometimes uncomfortable. So you get the point. You get where I'm going with this. It's the same for all of us. This is really just part of what it's like to be a human being. And we share this. We share this in common. This is a common humanity. So underneath all of our views and opinions um, and reactions of like and dislike, um, there's something that I'll call a dynamic life energy. Just for the sake of, I don't want to, sound like a woo-woo, but there, there is a kind of life energy. I don't know how to describe it other than that. So um, we can learn to recognize the, the ebb and flow of this energy within us. Um, and um, this ability to recognize this energy impacts... Um, our experience. And it's important for us uh, because it makes a difference on how we relate to that energy and, um, and what we do with that. So um, we can, as we begin to notice it, we can learn to just meet it. We can learn to meet it recognize it, and relax. So what a lot of people do, what I do, is I try to explain to myself what it is that I'm feeling. And that strategy may have worked at some point when I was young, but it really doesn't work uh, any longer, because this, this trying to explain, um, sometimes it's clear what's going on, but other times it's just a feeling that we get. We get sort of, am I the only one that's ever had this? Okay. We get this feeling, and it's just, it's like moving us, but we, we don't know what it is, and then we try to explain what it is, and the next thing we know we're off on some narrative. And the narrative is like a story. We're telling ourselves a story about our experience. And um, this narrative takes us away from our experience, from the actual experience. It's as though we begin to filter ourselves from the experience that we're having, probably because it's um, uh, charged a little bit or charged a lot. 
So it could be an emotion like anger, or it could be a feeling like happiness, or a feeling like sadness or grief, you see? So it's, it carries a charge. And so what, I, what I'm wanting to point us to is learning to be with that place where we perceive the charge, and I do this because I often get it right in my solar plexus. See? But I was watching carefully during the meditation, and sometimes that feeling will come in a localized area. So for me, I'm, I'm going here. But then sometimes it spreads over the whole, our whole being almost. It's almost as though we're, we're filled with it or like holding on to a world globe or something and <laughs> holding on for dear life and it just coursing through us. And, <clears throat> and when that happens, uh, it can be very overwhelming. We can sort of lose our balance, you see? And, <clears throat> and then all the instructions that we get, I've got, well, all I'm going to do is give you the instructions my teachers gave me, but <clears throat> all of those instructions sort of go out the window because we are overwhelmed. We get overwhelmed. It's like, oh, yeah, well, I could, I could breathe now, <laughs> or I could do this now, or do that now, <clears throat> but I'm, I'm too agitated to actually do it. So, so I'm hooked. I get lost. And um, this happens all the time. I mean, it's very easy for this to happen. And what we believe is that that experience is somehow solid and permanent when it's happening. We, we fail to see that a process is happening, that things are changing and moving and morphing and doing all of those kinds of things. So how do we, do, how do we actually stay with this place where, uh, where we lose our balance, where we get hooked, you see? And bite or choose not to bite? It's a reasonable question. <clears throat> the way to do it is through the cultivation of mindfulness. The practice that we're all doing, that we do every day, in small ways and, and big ways. But learning how to simply be with experience in a non-judgmental way, to just let experience be what it is, is the first step. And when we're with something that's really difficult, or charged, or where we're just about to lose our balance, you see, if it, 
if it is tinged with the quality of, of uh, suffering or with overwhelm, the heart will open with compassion if we don't try to avoid the situation that we find ourselves in or the experience that we find ourselves in. It's the, it's the narratives that we tell ourselves that are a form of distraction and um, denial that push us away from our experience. And so if that experience is one of suffering, the heart will respond with compassion because that's what the heart does when it meets suffering directly. When, <clears throat> when it refuses to be, when we refuse to be with, with a moment of suffering, you see, we sort of close the heart down in a way. We can't really respond with compassion because we're denying that we're suffering. We're, we're trying to get away from our suffering. We suffer, but we're suffering from the resistance to being with the suffering. And we don't see that. But with mindfulness, you can begin to see that. Does this make sense? Okay. So, so when we can be with our experience in a non-judgmental way, you see, um, let me just say that uh, uh, with mindfulness, I'm going to talk about mindfulness as being like a mirror and what is in front of the mirror is just reflected back to us, right? That's what happens. The mirror doesn't make comment on what it's reflecting back. It just reflects it back. But if what's reflecting back is suffering, you see, maybe the mindfulness isn't steady enough or strong enough to be able to stay there without going into overwhelm. And that's where compassion comes in. The heart will respond with compassion when it encounters suffering. It doesn't suffer with it. It holds it. It heals it. That's, that's, the, that's the power of compassion and the, and the wonder of compassion. So, so <clears throat> we don't have a lot of tolerance for things that are unpleasant for us. And generally, most of the time, until we learn to do this practice, or a practice like this, we sort of go down the rabbit hole. We get hooked. You know, it just happens to all of us. It's just part of what happens. And one of the hardest things for us to learn as we begin to notice this is that it's okay to get hooked. As long as we know that's what's happening. You see, when we know that we're hooked, sometimes we can't stop ourselves. It just comes, it overwhelms us, it comes out of left field. Before we know it, we're, we're over the edge. And then we just have to sort of ride it out. But 
when we begin to notice, even if that happens, it's okay because we're beginning to see what the patterns are. And these patterns are our deeply rooted mental habits that, <clears throat> um, that we replay over and over and over again. So, <clears throat> so the stories that we tell ourselves aren't always the same story, but the themes are fairly similar when we begin to notice so some of us are temperamentally um, quick to, to um, anger. Others, are, uh, others of us tend to be a little bit easily, uh, we go to depression more easily than others. So we begin to notice these patterns. And uh, these patterns... Um, if they're not noticed, if they're not noticed, we're just constantly repeating them over and over and over again. So it's okay for us to be overwhelmed. It's okay for us to be lost. And it's also important for us to recognize when we can be with a feeling just as a feeling. So I'm going back to this place where you get charged, when you can be with that place just as it is and, and just hang out there for a while, you begin to notice, okay, this is what it feels like to just face what, what is happening, what I'm experiencing right now. This is what it feels like. And <clears throat> you can pat yourself on the back for being able to do that because we instinctively don't want to do that. It's like we've been cut and we're putting, it can feel like we're putting salt in, in, a, in a cut or something like that. Instinctively, we pull away from that which makes us uncomfortable. But I want to suggest <coughs> that <coughs> we, <coughs> We learn to do that, and our, and our culture and our world um, sort of uh, supports that whole way of being. So <clears throat> we, with mindfulness, we begin to look at this, and we begin to see, oh, there's certain beliefs at play here. You see, there's the belief that um, anything that feels unpleasant is bad or anything that feels uncomfortable is bad or wrong, something is wrong. And anything that feels pleasurable and easeful is good. See, we make this judgment without realizing that we're making this, this judgment. And if you ask yourself a question, the question, is this true? Is this really true? You know, <clears throat> we might see, well, this is an assumption that's going on, you see. When, when I assume that any experience that makes me feel uneasy or um, unsettled, that, that this is wrong, 
in some way, I'm reinforcing a kind of subtle aversion to being with anything that feels that way. That's what's happening, you see? And this aversion, this subtle aversion, becomes a deeply rooted way of responding to those things that sort of uh, (laughs) throw us off our perch, throw us off balance, that type of thing. So it's important to recognize that (laughs) this is where mindfulness comes in. It's important to recognize that this is happening to us all the time and (laughs) that (laughs) this belief that that being with things that are uncomfortable is essentially bad and wrong, that something's wrong, that we've got to distract ourselves, and that, that this, this is like where we get hooked, and this actually creates con- conditions for us to experience our life in that way going forward. And every time we default to that, it's like we have been um, exercising a muscle, going to the gym. Every time we do that. So we're reinforcing this quality of aversion. And we don't even realize that we're doing it because it feels so damn natural. You see? And what this does is that it makes it difficult for us to have the confidence that we have the capacity to be with difficulties. You see? We, don't, we do not trust ourselves to be able to be with things that are difficult because we avoid them all the time. We try to avoid them all the time because we have this belief that difficulties are bad and pleasantries are good. Pleasantries are nice, but <clears throat> you know, it doesn't mean that when we're faced with something or when we experience something um, that that's difficult, that there's something wrong, that there's something essentially wrong. And this is a hard thing to swallow because we don't like to be with that which makes us uncomfortable. At least I don't. So, <clears throat> so <clears throat> we all get caught in these patterns of avoidance of pain and continually seeking comfort. We all do this. It's common to everyone. It doesn't make any difference what our life experience is or our life conditions. Everyone experiences this. So <clears throat> when we, so what can we do about this? So <laughs> some of you might have been here once when I gave a talk on a teaching from Ajahn Suchito. It's called a pause and ask exercise. And I won't teach it again today, but it's basically um, <clears throat> to, to 
simply pause and take a breath. Take a moment for ourselves when, when we feel something is, is sort of out of whack. Just to reestablish a feeling of balance from the barrage of this life energy that's coursing through us, that's ebbing and flowing through us. But when, when something in that energy is charged, this is where we get thrown off balance. So just to pause and take a breath to feel, the, um, you know, to, to even feel the barrage of, of the momentum of that ebb and flow in us is we have to become familiar with it in order to, to uh, work with it. And <clears throat> we see that in this flow, there's the endless challenges that test and trigger us. Um, and this, this can be felt when you are meditating. It's not as easy to catch in daily life, but when you meditate and are able to follow it, you can begin then to, to recognize it in your daily life. You know, sometimes I'm, I don't know why, but when I brush my teeth, my mind just goes somewhere. I have to learn to be mindful of brushing my teeth. But I'll just wander off and drift off, and I can be excited or angry or happy or sad or all, all while, you know, in the minute or so that I'm brushing my teeth. And <clears throat> you just begin to catch this. You just begin to catch it and feel, ah, it's happening now. I can practice with it right now. It's happening. Can I just be with this feeling? Okay, this thought has set off this feeling, or this feeling has set off that chain of thoughts. Can I be with it? You see, instead of trying to figure out what's happening, just go back to the feeling. Can I just be with the feeling? Okay. <clears throat> so... <clears throat> So we take a breath, we notice what's happening, and, and then we just sort of hang out with it for a while. Just allow yourself to hang out with it for a while. So in moments of stillness, when you're meditating, those, we could say it in moments of seeing, our mood can then be whatever it is. It can be agitated, or it be, can be calm, it can be total co uh, chaos, or it can be as vast as the ocean and, the, and the, the blue sky. It can be whatever it is. In other words, we can let the reflection just be what it is. It, it doesn't make any difference what it is. If it's chaotic, it's chaotic. We just know that it's chaotic. If it's calm, it's calm. We just know that it's calm. It doesn't have to be right or wrong. It's not right or wrong. So, <clears throat> so when we can do this, in that moment, we're not hooked. That's a moment of not being hooked. Instead of brushing our teeth and being, brushing my teeth and, and 
going down one rabbit hole after another, I can simply recognize these, the ebb and flow of this energy in me. And without trying to, to, to um, comfort myself by explaining what's happening to myself and therefore feeling like I have some control over it, I just let the, I can let the energy just flow through me. You see? And in that moment, I'm, I'm not hooked, or we're not hooked, and, and we can begin to notice that as a moment of freedom, a moment of peace, where we're not buffeted about in the way that so, that so many of us experience. So, <clears throat> In Buddhism, we teach this teaching to be with our experience. It's kind of a radical approach because, because the world says, if something isn't nice, go do something to make it nice. But for goodness sakes, don't be with it otherwise. So here, <coughs> we're invited to relax with our experience and learn to just gradually lean into whatever that experience might happen to be. We have to get familiar with what's going on for us. So this sounds like a good idea. This sounded like a great idea to me uh, when I heard it. But the question is, how do we do this? How do we do this? So... So that's the question. <laughs> How do we do this? So I want to go back and, to mindfulness. And as we cultivate mindfulness, we gradually come. I, I'm going to see if I can do this very scaffold and, <laughs> and make it as clear as possible. We gradually learn to recognize the narratives that we run our familiar narratives, or our stories, the stories we tell ourselves. And when we recognize that, we recognize that we have a choice and that we can drop those storylines. We recognize, oh, here it is again. We don't have to, like, force ourselves to drop it. All we have to do is see that the story is running. And in the seeing of that, it sort of loses its steam a little bit. This is a gradual process. I admit it doesn't happen instantly, and it's not easy. But when we begin to see, oh, there it is again. There it is, the same old story, that same old theme that happens every day when I'm brushing my teeth. There it is again. I can just sort of let, let the steam out of it because there's a momentum that carries us along, and that momentum is built on a foundation of repetition and habit, mental habit. So, <clears throat> so we begin to recognize these, these narratives, and we, we realize that we have a choice to drop the storyline. We can just pause 
we can look at it, we can breathe, and then not make a big deal out of it, just let it go. So in this way, we're able to practice how to be present with either ease or dis- the ease or the discomfort of our shifting energies and the unpredictability of our lives. Basically, we, we want things to be in control and nice and neat and clean. And it, it's not like that. We learn how to be with the present moment, experiencing things just as they are. This is a skill, and this is also a gateway to freedom. This is also a gateway to freedom. And even if we can only do this for a few seconds, for a few seconds we can recognize that we're not lost. We can recognize what's happening. You see? And we can recognize that any thought, any emotion, any bodily sensation, any experience that we have is subject to change. It's not a permanent, solid thing. We hear this all the time. But we can actually experience it directly when we just take a few moments to notice what's happening without turning away from it immediately. So I think this is a valuable lesson for any of us. And when we're able to do that, we eventually be able, are able to, to cultivate the skill and the confidence that we can be with our experience. See, if you stop and think about it, you know, <clears throat> this flow of energy is this, is this process of this flow of energy is our life, and, um, you know, we think that we're, (laughs) we are sitting here right now doing what we think we're doing, (laughs) whatever that happens to be, however you're experiencing that, but in the next moment, our experience will be something else, and our experience from when we got out of our cars to walk in here uh, was something else. So we were experiencing walking. Now we're experiencing sitting. Now we're experiencing listening. Now we're exper- and this flow is, is our life, you see? And when we don't meet it or when we're unwilling to meet it because there's parts of it that we're uncomfortable with, you know, we're missing a good part of our life. And I, this sounds sort of dramatic, but to the degree that we deny any part of our experience, we abandon ourselves. You see? And so these moments of charge where we get hooked and carried 
down the rabbit hole time after time after time after time, those are each moments of abandonment. And when we, even if we don't recognize this abandonment <coughs> cognitively or um, there's an there's a experience, a feeling of disconnection from ourselves. And this feeling of disconnection scares us. We feel vulnerable. And so we have all sorts of strategies to make ourselves feel safe again. And that's where we get into trouble because that's where the stories take over. And then whatever our temperament and our habits are. And so if we're quick to anger, we become angry and we can lash out to people and we can say things we don't want to say and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really useful in very practical ways to learn how to be with this experience. And it also feels good not to abandon yourselves, not to deny that something is actually happening. So, <clears throat> so the choices that we make there can either obscure our natural intelligence, our warmth, our capacity to remain open and present to the natural movement of life, or they can lead us to happiness and freedom. So, you know, we've all heard talks about, you know, we can choose things that are wholesome and, and, and avoid things that are not wholesome, or we can maintain things that are wholesome and do things to avoid the arising of unwholesome things. This is just another way to talk about that lesson. And this is all about wise attention, which I, I said in the beginning. It's how we learn to pay attention to our actual experience, to our actual life, so that we don't miss our life. You know, I've lived a long time, and most of my life, I've missed. You know, I'm so glad that I'm learning. I'm a slow learner, but it's happening. I'm learning how to be present with my own experience, even the parts of it that I don't like. And then I, I can realize that that part <clears throat> that I don't like I can see underneath the narrative and the story of that. And I can, and I can see that, um, uh, that these old habits and old beliefs are what are pulling me along down one road or another, down one pathway or another. And depending on where, uh, depending on what I default to or what I, consciously choose will, will make a difference in what my experience of life happens to be or what my, how, how things will unfold for me. So, so one of my teachers, um, Ajahn Suchito, uses this example of, of, of Ulysses 
from, from Greek mythology and his personal efforts to overcome the sirens. So, <clears throat> so the sirens, in this case, are, is that dynamic energy within us that's moving through us and pulling us this way and pulling us that way. Sometimes we have to be a little bit uncomfortable. We have to be willing to face our sirens and, um, and just hold our seat. This is the important thing. And, you know, as a human being, you have the, the capacity to do this. And, and you have the right and, and um, the human dignity <laughs> to allow yourself to um, face the challenge and not, and not turn away. And compassion will will carry the day. And this is one of the ways that compassion is seen and understood as a quality of strength and courage. Um, Compassion takes courage and strength. To be with our sirens and not turn away takes strength. It's not a soft quality, it's a fierce quality. It can be experienced in a soft way, but the quality itself is courage and, and sometimes fierceness. So in order to pass through the doorway to freedom, we have to learn to face our own sirens. And we can do that. So to bite or not to bite the places where we get hooked. I suggest that if we can learn to just be with it, be with that place, hang out with that place for just a few moments, as long as we can before we, we get carried off, and then just drop it. Don't make a big deal of, uh, about it. And then the next time it happens, do that again. Just pause, recognize what's happening, hang out with it for just a few minutes, and then drop it. Don't make a big deal about it. And as you do that, in time, see, you don't have to explain what's happening. You just have to be with your experience. And then in time, things will begin to shift and change and we will be exercising a different kind of a muscle and we will be increasing our ability and our capacity to be with the truth of our life and to be with the truth of things in that way will set us free. So those are my thoughts for today. I hope they've been useful. May you all not get hooked. (laughs) Thank you.